Thanks for listening to the Pro Video Podcast. Weekly insights into everything video. Proudly presented by worldpodcast.com. Here's the host, Blair Walker. Hi everybody and welcome to the Pro Video Podcast. Every week we dive into film, television, online, VR and so much more. This week we have Hayley Aikens on. We're going to be talking about community, podcasting, resources. We're going to be talking about motion design. Most of all we're going to be talking about motion hatch. Hayley, welcome to the Pro Video Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on. 2017 was a big year for you. Do you mind sharing with the audience what Motion Hatch is and your background in just a few minutes, if you could? First off, I guess Motion Hatch is a website and a podcast and also a Facebook community at the moment. So it's a podcast helping motion designers uh, build better businesses and on we have like a Facebook community which is free and we have lots of people in there at the moment chatting about the business side so it's focused purely on that rather than you know more inspirational stuff although we do share our work and things like that in there we have like weekly little posts Uh, I have one called whip Wednesday where you know you share your work that you've been working on and get feedback from everyone else that's really handy and then we have freelance Friday where people can ask their freelance questions or just share kind of the wins of the week. So that's kind of motion hatch quickly. Oh, so much to say. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Also, so my background is um, I'm a freelance motion designer and animator at the moment. I used to work for the internal production company at Google called Across the Pond. And then before that, I worked for a sports broadcasting company. So yeah, I mean, I've just kind of started this podcast and everything because I feel like as creatives we're not very good at the business side of stuff and for me I just felt like it was super super important to kind of make you know resource get the conversations going that's why we have the podcast and I invite people in there to talk about you know how they got into their careers I've had an accountant on recently and people said they thought that was really really helpful because you know, accountancy, it can be boring and it can not always be relevant. And then people just don't know how to find the information. So I thought that was really good to try and get um, the accountant to explain things in kind of terms I knew that motion designers would understand. Yeah. So that was really cool. We've had like, you know, Joey Coleman on as well, talking about his book, The Freelance Manifesto, because I think like that's one of the only, um, you know, freelance books that are out there that's like purely related to motion design so I I thought it was really important to get him on this week actually we've got Chris Doe on I don't know when this is coming out so it might already be out by then it will have this episode is probably going to be a few weeks away just the cycle how I produce them there's so much great content and guests that you've already had so inspirational is how focused you were on the business side for motion designers and Joey did the same thing with the freelance manifesto where it's it's actually about how you can action your career and take it to the next level. As with Joey's book, I don't think Motion Hatch is just for motion designers. I think those in the creative industries can really have value from listening to this podcast as well, just like reading Joey's book for somebody who isn't a motion designer but in the creative industry too. Yeah, definitely. I mean, because it's kind of focused on the business side of things, 
right? And like things like marketing yourself and things like that. I think it's really, really easy for other people to listen to it. Other freelancers, like illustrators and sound designers, and they get something out of it as well. Because yeah. although we're framing it in a motion design way, I definitely think the information is useful for kind of a lot of freelance creatives. Like I have people have emailed me who are like sound designers saying you know found it really useful and because I've had like art directors illustrators on as well because we all kind of have stuff to say and you know like the accountant like I'm getting people on from outside the industry which I think makes a big difference because I think you know having those people who are experts come in and tell us you know how they run their businesses or how they do things differently I think that kind of helps to open the industry up and kind of help us open our minds a bit to what we can do and you know I think like when I was talking to Joey on the podcast um what really really struck a chord with me is when he was saying you know there aren't any rules like I was like but what about this what about that in freelancing you know what do you do about when your client says this and things like that and it's like you know we've got to kind of realize that there aren't really any rules if you're running your own business you can run it in the way that you want to and I think that's why I'm doing it and that's why I'm really passionate because you know I want people to have more freedom in their lives to do things like traveling to spend time with their family and things like that and just kind of I guess it's a bit this like life lifestyle design which is kind of I feel like is a bit of a nicky word but I think if you really think about your life and you try and you know plan ahead and think about where you want to be where do you want to live you know who do you want to be sat next to like what do you want your life to look like? When do you want to go to work? Where do you want to go to work? Things like that. People don't really think about that. And I think it's really important and just kind of trying to open everyone up and just, you know, sort of say that the business side of stuff can be exciting and it can be fun because you can literally kind of build your life more. You know, it it can be fun um to you know choose your clients and things like that and i i think people um in in the motion design industry you know just freelance creatives in general they're they're always so desperate just to get work and you're like you feel like this sense of like oh i feel so great that i can just be work in this industry you know so i don't deserve any more you know i will no you could take it to the next level you could actually get paid what you're worth and things like that. So I guess I'm just trying to like push everyone up, get the conversations going basically. And not everybody has to run their freelance business in the same way. You know, we can go into more niches, different types of businesses and do motion design for them. We don't have to all be doing the same thing. And I think that would make it easier for people to get work as well. Totally, totally agree. What you're offering the community with Motion Hatch, you're the first person to really focus on supporting the community in a business sense and for the conversations to be about business and for us to all start talking. When I studied, I know that there were no classes that you could take on business for the creative courses that I was doing, where it's such a massive part to actually treat this as a business, even though we are passionate creatives. And like you said, you feel lucky just to get the work as an artist. But to show those coming into the industry as intermediate and senior people, to show them they have value and that they need to value what they're doing and their career path, 
I just want to loop back into what you're saying about lifestyle design. The world we were promised with the technology was that we would work less and we would have more opportunities and we'd have all this leisure time. And the reality is everyone seems to be working just as hard, if not harder. But with such guests as Margos, traveling the world as a freelancer, hearing how he's created that lifestyle, that's inspirational for so many people to go, it can be done and I don't have to do it the way everyone else has done it either. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, um, why I got Margot's on, one, because he's, you know, an incredible illustrator, but I knew that people would kind of be a bit shocked by that, that he could work for, you know, companies like the New York Times, but then be traveling around the world and living in Thailand and things like that. And, you know, if you listen to the episode, you hear him, you know, tell some of the stories that it's not all like laying on the beach, you know, it is difficult, but it definitely can be done. And I think why I'm even, why even made Motion Hatch, why even have the podcast is, I guess, come from me striving for like more of a location independent lifestyle. Like I live in London at the moment. I know that I I don't want to always live here in London. Um, It's been really great. You know, I've been doing motion design here for like 10 years, but I know that I want to kind of break out of that. So how I, I have to, you know, have more remote clients, things like that, go like more direct to clients. And so I joined this um, community called Location Indie, which is basically um, for people all around the world who want to run location independent businesses. So, you know, you could be anywhere like Margot's, you could be in working in Croatia for a month. And I think that I'd always want to have a home base, but I like the idea of maybe I'll go off somewhere for a month and then I'll come back or, you know, yeah. I don't have to be in London because, you know, I think everyone thinks, oh, you know, I'm a motion designer, I need to be in like New York, LA, London. And I know like lots of people that work here in the countryside and they work for people in New York and I think that's fantastic and I think you know we just need to have more be more open-minded about the way we run our businesses and actually think about what you want to do with your life rather than just kind of feeling lucky just to be in the industry if that makes sense it totally because I makes think sense. that makes it yeah because I think that makes us stand out more as individuals as well yeah and um you know, I've I've I started Motion Hatch podcast because I met a guy who does this. You know, he's a podcast editor. He kind of travels all around the world, and you know, we met up because of the location indie community that I'm in. And then he was like, "Oh yeah, so I know this like video podcast, and they're basically doing kind of what you want to do, like helping." Um, people will be better at business because you know I could just see kind of the struggle that was happening and you know I was I've been there like I was that person like three years ago or whatever you know I used to be full-time for a lot of years before I ever went freelance and I'm um, I kind of feel like when I went freelance something just changed in me like it felt right it felt like the right thing to do and I'm I'm not definitely not saying that everybody needs to be a freelancer I'm yeah. just saying that you shouldn't be afraid to do the things that you want to do so you know I met uh, this podcast editor guy and then he was like oh they're doing that it sounds like sort of similar thing that you want to do and I was like yeah but I can never do a podcast you know I'd never be confident enough I could probably do something else I don't think I could do that and then you know cut six months later and we're launching the motion hatch podcast is like the main thing that we're starting with so I just feel like it's you know kind of surrounding yourself with different people from different industries you know surrounding yourself with other motion designers and just like having open conversations can create a lot of opportunities and a lot of surprising things can happen from that 
Totally. Um, so many good things to jump jump into there. And I, firstly, I just want to say I'm so grateful that you have started the podcast and the community and just thank you from me and everybody else there that is just so appreciative of what you've done. Oh, thanks so much. Secondly, I feel connected to you in that I too started my podcasting journey last year, creating content. The content covers video in a quite a large gamut because of my background and that's what I wanted to do. Yep. And I think if, if you're going to make something successful, you've got to be passionate and it's got to come from what resonates with you. I can hear that passion in the voice about freelancing and knowing that struggle that you went through and helping others not have to go through those same steps. So I, I can hear that passion in your voice, which is empowering and engaging. I basically come from Durham in the northeast of England and I always struggled a bit at school because I was dyslexic. I'm not saying this because I want it to be a sob story or anything because it's not. What I'm saying is I just want to like point these things out because I went to university in the Midlands and then moved to London and I kind of did like a film production technology degree. Yeah. So I did that. So I didn't come from an animation degree. I didn't do a motion design degree. And you just when once you start talking to people, you realize that everybody has quite different backgrounds and everyone gets here from a different place. And I think that's important to say, because I think if you went back and talk to me when I was at school you know I well I, been, I didn't know what motion design was I, I'm not sure it was obviously like even a thing maybe almost but um you know and um, I didn't really know what I wanted to do and I think you know I kind of just fell into it because I wanted to do music and I wanted to be in a band and you know that's a lot of people's stories but I guess it's because you know wanting to be a creative basically that's that was my drive because I I connected with that I was good at that I wasn't good at you know writing and doing essays and things like that I you know so that's probably why I do the podcast because it's talking to people and that's what I like to do yeah it's, it's quite creative and communicating so I think it's just I just want to try and like uncover everyone's stories in a way and stuff like that because I want people younger people to listen to that and think oh okay you know maybe I can do these kind of things after I did that degree I moved to London I never really wanted to move to London but here I am 10 years later Uh, (laughs) but it's been like really great because it's just taught me so much stuff and I've met so many great people in the industry and I think it's really really cool to be like around a thriving animation community but also what I think is really important is trying to create those communities online because not everybody is in a big city so I think that's the big thing for me as well is kind of trying to make it you know, the Motion Hatch Facebook community. I mean, we've got like 1,200 and something members in there now. It's, you know, it's crazy. And just people from all over the world. And I think that just opened my eyes a bit as well. Thinking, wow, like there's motion designers like everywhere. <laughs> like it's all, it's quite small. Yeah. Because, you know, people are hearing about it. And I'm like, how are they hearing about it in all these different countries? But then it's also quite big because I just never, I don't think I ever re- like realized like how sort of how small the community is but then also how big it is at the same time i don't know whether that makes any sense but it really does it's just kind yeah. of mind-boggling to me like yeah you know, how it's just crazy basically and it's just really cool like to go and talk to people and then like 
And one of the best things that I like about it is um, connecting people in like the same countries with each other. I think that's wicked. Like there was two guys from Ireland and then now they like talk to each other about, you know, how much they should be charging and things like that. Because, you know, like that's always a big question. And I, like sometimes I think that it's good, like we should be working towards a kind of global minimum for motion design, but it's not always that easy and it's quite complicated. It is. And I talked yeah. about this quite a lot on the Brograph podcast as well and kind of how, you know, it'd be really nice to have like a minimum rate and make it really clear for everyone. But, you know, different places, you know, are going to have different rates and because different costs of living and working with different companies and things like that. So it's not always going to be the same, but just having like a community that's going to support you and you can ask questions and you can find people in your area and things like that. I just think it's really cool. Yeah, I think that creating a calculator that's really accurate is always going to be a tricky one because of um, cost of living. But connecting people, making people in those areas sort of share, um, you know, for it to be okay to have that conversation about what what people are charging but also that discussion of like what level they are and the type of work there's so many different things that come into it but I've had people come and join um, my team as freelancers and just really not confident about what their rates should be and as someone who's the employer um, you know it's, it's it's always hard it's easy for me to say what a standard is but then it's also like where you value yourself because um it's it's actually okay to ask for more <laughs> because you want to be recognized for w- what you bring to a role and there's definitely freelancers out there that make and break projects so you know the standard rate for them isn't isn't appropriate they should be asking for more but it's having those conversations and you're creating that forum for those conversations to thrive and keep going in time that's that's what's really important for the whole industry across the whole world yeah yeah that's what I think is the best thing about it and like what you were saying I think um, what people forget about charging as well is like if you charge too little you know everyone's always concerned about like oh what if I charge too much and then they say no and then they never speak to me again one I think that rarely happens yeah. because normally they're, they're willing to negotiate, right? So like, you know, if you if you say you're right and they go, yeah, okay, then it probably means that you could have charged more. So, <laughs> um, And then also on the flip side of that is, you know, if you charge too little, then they might be like, well, okay, what's wrong with, you know, Peter compared to Sally? Sally's like charging so much more. That must mean because she's a better designer, does that make sense? Like, yeah. you know, you, yeah. you're kind of like under cutting yourself almost like you just kind of making yourself look like not as professional if you charge too little as well. So I think it's really important to think of those two extremes. Mm. And then that's why I would always say charge more than you think. And then if you're, if then, then if they're negotiating with you, you know, then that's that's not usually a good sign, you know, rather than just saying like yes straight away. And I've never really had like a client just be like, no, we can't afford that. And if they say that, you say, okay, then let's negotiate. And then the kind of thing I have in my head is I have the rates rate that I want and then I have kind of like a minimum bottom line and I just won't go under that. Like yeah. I know in my head that's my minimum, you know, it doesn't matter what they say, you know, 
I, so it makes it easy for me to negotiate because then I say, okay, if we're going down below that, then I can't do it. I'm very sorry, you know, but please, like, I do want to work with you. Come back to me when, you know, maybe you have a, a project with a bigger budget. And then sometimes I've had people say, oh, okay, this must be like a bit more of a junior thing. Like, we'll come back to you when we have like a bigger budget and like more of a project that suits your set of skills. Like, you yeah. know, they were saying that like in a good way. And I just thought, wow, like, you know, that's, that's a great response from them really. And then they came back later with like, a bigger budget and then it works out right like do you see what i mean it's not always i feel like i talk about this a lot but i feel like people just don't really think about it like that they just think like oh you know i i just want to be working and obviously like people have got to work and feed themselves and things like that but um if, you know if you get into a cycle of not charging enough i think chris doe was talking about this the other day then you um you know, you're kind of like always going to need that more work. Whereas if you get into a cycle of charging more with better, bigger clients, then you're not going to need as much work. So then you can say no to the kind of clients that are, you know, trying to make you, you know, have less money or whatever. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? Who are like kind of saying, no, we, we can't afford that. And that's fine if they can't. But I mean, generally I've found that especially if you're working with recruitment agencies and stuff, you know, they do have that money. They're just kind of trying to get it for the cheapest possible, basically. And where it's up to us in the community to raise the kind of bottom line and kind of say, well, look, no, that's not what motion designers get paid, you know, and just be informed and be confident to say that because then that raises everybody up. You know what I mean? Because if, but if like people keep saying yes, and then it gets lower and lower and lower, then they're going to keep asking you to work for less because, you know, you said that before and like, you know, then they'll be like, oh, maybe we can get it for this much cheaper and then maybe we can get it for this much. So then it kind of goes down and really every year it should be going up. Yeah. So, you know, that's like... I've definitely felt that myself and confidence, as you just said before, is a big key one. And being confident that you are valuable and worthwhile for what you're charging and I feel that it's really hard to gain that confidence especially as you're coming out as a junior and an intermediate um, it took a long time for myself to feel really confident in the role of what I'm doing there's a lot that isn't tangible it sort of falls on Joey's um, pain and rainbow scale where you have to define is this a rainbow's job or a pain job, or is it sort of in between, which a lot of the jobs are in between. But I think that you're totally right, that charging an amount where the conversation is happening, that's an indication that you're in the right zone. But also, if you are going to discount it, show that discount too. Invoice it for full, but show them that you're discounting it. I find this in business as well. You have a full rate card, but a lot of the times it's like, oh, we'll do it for a set price. Show them what the full price is so the appreciation of what the actual job costs so that next time when they come back to it, they're not looking at what just that figure was that they spent, but the reality of how big a discount they got. I, I feel like a lot of people don't really show the discounts that they're giving as much as they should too to the clients. Yeah, definitely. I think I agree with you. I think that's like a fantastic idea, you know, um, 
or like even if you're negotiating be like yeah okay i can do it for this for this for these reasons but next time it will be this much you know and then you kind of because otherwise they'll keep coming back to you and asking you for that same rate and you're you know you have to be confident in that um i don't know whether you want to go a bit more into joey's like pain and rainbows um, jobs thing because I feel like we haven't really explained that um, but I, like, I, I, if you point... haven't read the freelance manifesto <laughs> then maybe you won't know what the hell we're talking about so I can like yeah. explain it if you want but yeah, yeah. Um, um, well, well on episode we've Joey's been on um, the show earlier and we um, just after the freelance manifesto um, released and we went into a lot of details about about that in particular but basically with the yeah, pain and rainbow okay. scale it's like you have to put a job at one end really if you're if it's something that you want to do creatively but there's not much money in it then it's definitely a rainbow job where it's pretty average creatively but it it should be paying well, really well, then that's the pain job. It's going to be painful, but you know you're getting paid well. The problem is that most of the jobs are somewhere in between where there's a little bit of a possibility of decent pay with the promise of a bit of creative freedom, but the reality is that you get neither in the end. So his, his thought is that you need to really prioritize the jobs and make sure that they're towards either scale to really define whether a project is one for money or creative love really yeah and i think this also plays into what we were talking about earlier with you know kind of thinking about more about like you know how are you kind of designing your life and mm. stuff like that because you know if you want um you know maybe you can work a lot on kind of these painful jobs that like maybe they pay a lot more because you know it's for like a big bank or something like that and it's really not creative but then if you're trying to buy a house or something or you're trying to move to a different country I don't know anything like you could do that for a while and then you know you could save up money and do something else you want like for example I tend to you know work for a few months and then take a few months off to do different things like um last year I think I took like a month off or so to do like a music video for my band for example and then I took like six weeks off to get motion hatch launched you know things like that and like I kind of um worked enough that I could do that you know and I feel like a lot of freelancers and people who are like running their own businesses and motion design they they just work themselves into the ground because yeah. they think they have to and they think they can't take holidays they can't go traveling they can't work on their own projects but this is the kind of stuff that elevates you that makes you different that makes you stand out is the stuff that you do like in between your jobs almost and i don't know whether because i see a lot of people doing stuff like They'll do something for a company, but like you say, they'll like they will have creative freedom, and you know then that company will pay them less. But I'm like, is that good enough? Really, I'm starting to sort of question that side of it as well a little bit because I think like if you're working for a big enough company, they should be paying you what you're worth. It yeah. doesn't this promise of like you know having like creative freedom and things like that. I think. I feel like um, it's the thing that we've done as a community and an industry a lot in the past, but I think people are um, kind of some, you know, companies have took advantage of that and said, oh, we can do whatever you want, but, you know, we'll only give you this much money. But I think uh, our industry is getting a lot more, you know, we're realizing that that's happening as well. So, you know, it's not always good, even even if the promise of creative freedom comes through to an actual 
to be the actual thing and you do get all that creative freedom but if they're not paying you what you're worth I'm starting to question whether that's good as well like you know I just want to put that out there because I don't want people to get confused you know I think what would be better is maybe um you know work on your own film or something for yourself you know rather than kind of working um on someone else's project where you have creative freedom you know if you want a project where you have creative freedom and you're not getting paid much why not just have a project that you do yourself that you can be completely in control of and you can completely own everything you know and maybe you have to take a few months off to do it but if you um do those other jobs like before that and after that then you should be fine you know i think that's fine and i think those are the things that can elevate us and just you know i think that's more impressive than kind of doing jobs for companies that are kind of really creative i think it's like those self starting kind of projects are really interesting and yeah i know, do too i always find that more impressive yeah totally what you've done with motion hatch and how powerful that's been for the industry by taking that time for yourself and i totally agree with you that creative freedom now as we have reached a point of maturity in motion design and general wider video industry it's evolving into what can we do for ourselves that isn't for a client, that isn't for a brand. What can we do where we are creating that product, whether it's a short film or a product that we're actually selling to a wider audience. Recently had Ryan Summers on. That was a really big conversation point on that episode that we need to be thinking about making things for us not other brands and companies it's a bit of a mind shift for our industry because it has been a young one where the term motion design hasn't been around for that long a decade ago around that point is where it was kind of coming up in conversation so a a decade in for an industry to have been established Where is the next decade going to take us? How are the business models going to be looking like? And it's only by having communities and shows like Motion Hatch that we can have these conversations, actively be thinking about it, not just about the execution of the creative art, but also the business side and knowing that those two go hand in hand. Yeah, definitely. I think what's exciting is I see that our industry has a lot more diversity in it, like how people are making money, like it's starting to happen. It's kind of slowly happening. But you know, people like Adam Plouffe, who obviously has like rubber hose and overlord and like creating really, really incredible, awesome plugins for After Effects and things like that. And you know, uh, people like Joey, you know, who is like teaching people and, and basically just kind of leading um on the kind of you know making awesome courses and making education and motion design very accessible which i think is incredible i you know i really admire him i think he's fantastic and i think that's really awesome and i'm just kind of seeing like slowly people are kind of thinking about in different ways and like what can they do and then some people are just making like after effects templates or things like that you know that's kind of i guess more of a traditional way to diversify from you know just uh, working for clients but you know maybe it is like funding our own films on kickstarter or i don't know like there's loads of yeah stuff and i think that kind of like what i find exciting you know doing motion hatch has kind of opened my mind a bit on you know maybe my position uh, in this industry and you know how other people can do 
lots of different stuff. You know, we all don't have to be doing the same thing, going to the same jobs. You know, you've got to think about what you want to do in your life and, you know, work back from, you know, in the future, like what, I guess, you know, I was reading a book um, the other day and it was kind of really crazy. Like he was like saying, right, so like you're in a room, all your friends and family are there you know and it's like a really lovely room and it's all like got gold curtains and everything and then they're all there waiting looking expectantly and then like there's a gold box on the table and then you're in that gold box and then he kind of told this big story but that ended up that it was like your funeral which is shocking I don't want to be morbid but (laughs) that really kind of spoke to me but he was saying like think of it like that like what if you had to write a letter now that would be read out at your funeral I guess like this people are gonna think I'm crazy but like you know but it really touched me and it and it it said like you've got to think what would you want that letter to say Mm. about you that you'd done you know what if that makes sense like you've got to think about it like that big because you know unfortunately like touchwood we are all gonna die so what do you want to kind of leave behind what do you want to be known for who do you want to help yeah like you know i don't always think it doesn't always have to be selfish and i think that's why i'm doing motion hatch because what drives me is trying to help other people because i've i've been there you know and um very recently and like I just found like I didn't know who to talk to about freelance. I didn't know where to go. I didn't know where to get started. And I just find it incredible that there wasn't these resources out there. You know, and even like the freelance manifesto, that's a really recent thing, right? So only this stuff has started happening. And I just think it's like, you know, you need to think about your life as in like, you know, we are going to die. Like, what do you want to do? Like, don't just sit around. Like, you know, you need to help people or you need to travel or you need to be with your family, caring for your kids or I don't know. What's important to you and spend your hours doing that. Don't spend your hours, like, sitting around worrying about some client that was trying to make you, like, do some rubbish work for, like, paying you some, you know, not very much. Like, things like that. Like, try and, like... I kind of just want everyone to think a bit bigger and not, you know, like have their kind of head in the sand and just, you know, yeah, we're like, we are quite, I guess people in this industry, you know, we are mostly quite privileged, like as in the way that we get to be artists, we get to work on exciting projects, but, you know, we could do so much more. Like I think, um, you know, design can help people and I think that's a really cool idea and I that's why I'm sort of trying to push in my own work and contact companies that are kind of more having a positive impact on the world and work on projects like that because I find that more rewarding than doing anything else really yeah so I think it's just about thinking about you know think bigger picture more basically and try not to worry about the little bits along the way because you know they don't matter really I mean, we're getting all like life now we're talking about life and everything i didn't want to go all dark but i just wanted to tell that like mini story and i probably didn't do it justice but um i think it uh yeah it's a very like, good thing i just to think it's think really about. interesting and you know like i just read um this book called the one thing as well which is basically saying the same thing you know you need to think about the one thing that you want to do in your life and things like that and just kind of keep if you're not doing it now just keep bringing it back into your day-to-day and if that means you have to get up an hour earlier to work on that one thing then you do that but it's not that everything is about business as well um in that book he like splits it up into like 
your spiritual life, your family life, your business life and your financial life. And he says like in that order. So that's kind of building a foundation. So what's your one thing in your spiritual life? Then it's like, what is the one thing you want to do in your personal life, your family life? And kind of building up a foundation so that you can make a good business, I guess. Yeah. You know, and then that can like have a a better kind of impact on the world, a better impact on you because you're not like killing yourself to do it, I guess, you know, working all hours under the sun or whatever, but just having more of a focused life. I think that's kind of what I've been reading a lot about recently. And I think is really cool. And what I'd like to try and like talk to, you know, the motion design industry and the video industry and everything about, because, you know, you do these jobs, you work really late at night and you're really tired. And then sometimes you just want to go, it's just a video. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> like, I don't know. I'm kind of bringing in all sorts of my experiences. But, you know, I've had that where I've been working like super late and people are like losing their heads and they're really stressed. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, like it's it's just video, guys. Like, it's OK. Yeah. My- but, like, you know, try and think about like what you want to do in your in your life as a whole rather than let's then us all just being focused on one tiny bit of it you know what I mean kind of I I just feel like I meet a lot of people who seem a bit lost and they don't really they're like either don't know what they want to do or they want to do like motion design and stuff but they don't really like have a clear picture on like well yeah okay but what kind of companies do you want to work for and things like that and like I you know many people have said this before but like not everybody can work for book and you know people like that like there's just not enough room but there's loads of fantastic design agencies out there doing loads of different stuff and you know ad agencies or like even just companies like where you can go direct to the marketing department or whatever like there's loads of stuff out there and that's why I kind of think bringing it back to the motion design industry you know it's important that we think about these things you know what you want to do in your life and who you want to work with because then that helps you like niche down into maybe something you know I just want to be a 3d artist who works you know purely on games or I just want to be like a 2d person who like works with companies who are doing things for good I don't know you know what I mean there's like loads of different options and I think everyone goes around saying oh I'm a generalist I you know I do everything and I'm like but then you don't stand out either so I guess I'm trying to think about it in that way but then also like thinking about business as something that can age your life not hinder it you know you can kind of design it the way you want to you can do your work but then you can also like design your life a little bit as well which I think is really important and I know Joey talks a little bit about that in his book too and I think it's really really cool yeah I definitely agree on the show we've had a number of people who are working and having really successful careers doing the work that they're enjoying Um, and that's at places that you wouldn't think such as world wrestling entertainment or for a hospital creating training content These are roles that are creatively um, fulfilling and I think paying well, but they're not the norm. They're not the bucks or the gunners, but they are real opportunities out there for everyone. You just have to hear about them to know that they're there. Yeah, exactly. And I think like, you know, if you're the person who is known for doing that one thing really well, then you're going to be the person they call, right? Yeah. So maybe it takes less looking if you look kind of at yourself, you know, and think like, what do I want to do? Because then you can kind of design 
your site and everything to speak to those companies, to speak to those people yep. that, you know, share the same passion for things that as you do or for whatever they're making or whatever they're doing or blah, blah, blah. But do you see what I mean? I think like that is kind of what I feel like everyone is forgetting. Like they want to be a motion designer, but then I think, you know, we can go deeper on that. And that's why it makes me exciting when, ugh, that's why it makes me excited when I see like, people like Adam Plouffe making like his own plugins and things like that because you know he's like thinking well what do I want to do how do I want to change these things how do I want to change After Effects what would I like it to do you know things like that it's just about like asking yourself the right questions really yeah can I kind of just I want to loop back onto that that I'm really happy that you brought that up again because I feel that um, what we're seeing now is a lot of products training for the industry and it's almost in our internal bubble and what I see is that for us to really own this we need to be creating it for the wider market that it's beyond the motion industry so it's and obviously if I had a if I could name 10 different things right now I'd be doing them. <laughs> I felt we could make the money. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that's where the real value is going to be for us is that when we're going beyond our own internal motion bubble and really connecting with opportunities in the wider business industries. Yeah, I think that's very true. And like one thing that just came into my head um, I don't know whether like I know people do this successfully and some people don't but you know like we're all animators we're all kind of making cool stuff so you know why can't you have like a YouTube channel for example where you like make animations about some subject or something you're interested in you know because people are hiring people to do that all the time but then I don't really know a lot of animators or motion designers who do that kind of thing for themselves and I'm not sure like how lucrative that is or anything but maybe if you were doing that you know and you were getting a lot out of it and you maybe could start making like a bit of money from that revenue stream and then you kind of did your freelance clients that you worked for in the corporate world as well you know I see things like that could be work really well and things like that could easily happen and I think it's quite cool to have like a different a couple of different revenue streams coming into your business you know we not just being a freelance animator you know you can do that and then you can make your own like cartoon or something I don't know maybe that's like slightly I'm I'm sure there's other people that have looked into this kind of thing more but you know as we know like people do make money on YouTube and things like that and um, you know, stuff like Patreon is like blowing up and, you know, kind of just people supporting artists for being artists and making the cool stuff that they make, you know, yeah, kind of having it. like a kind of kind of having more like a artistic audience, you know, who just enjoy your school content, just enjoy what you do rather than, um, you know, it being for like a corporate company or something like that. I think that's kind of what you were saying, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that um, as platforms evolve, they allow us to put content out there by ourselves. There is a real reality of going direct to consumers, those who are enjoying yeah. what we're creating. But at the same time, I feel that with, say, emerging VR, AR especially, there are going to be some real opportunities. As a brand, you specialize in creating UI for AR, 
and you are that company rather than you working for a company yeah. that does that. I've seen it in the visual effects industry as well. I'm, I'm really confused why the visual effects artists aren't going, let's just make our own films. <laughs> you know, I know that it's easier because the studios have the money to pull. They're the ones that actually have the power of creating this content with the right director and the right artists who are making it and owning it for themselves. That's the film I want to see. That's breaking the model of the studios dominating the big blockbuster movies. I want to see that for the motion industry as well, where people are doing it for themselves and going more direct. How how feasible that is, I'm not sure, with the likes of Netflix and things like that. Yeah, I think it's kind of tough because the biggest obstacle is money. You know, yeah. it always will be money and it always is money. I think like crowdfunding and like stuff like Patreon is quite exciting. And I know like people have been supporting like um, animated films and stuff on Kickstarter and things like that. And I think that's really cool. But I think it like it takes a certain type of person to pursue that sort of thing just for artistic reasons. Right. And I'm I don't know what like I just don't know like how easy it is but I, but I think it's exciting and I think as more and more these like little companies pop up to kind of help you know people um you know fund their own projects and things like that I think that's really awesome because you know I don't want I don't want that kind of thing just to be for you know rich people or whatever you know what I mean like yeah. I'm just gonna make my own film and I'm gonna spend you know months and months and months on it and it's gonna be awesome like that's cool maybe some people can do that but I think it's really nice that we, as an industry, you know, we could be supporting each other and getting the general public to support us and make help us make cool things for ourselves. I think it's a really exciting idea. I just think that it, it doesn't come without its own, like, testing things for people to do. But I think it's really exciting and I think it's something that is definitely great to talk about because, you know, I don't think we always just have to be doing all the same thing. Like I was saying earlier, you know, you can have, like, different little things you do and maybe you like maybe you do like make a youtube channel maybe it's not the most successful youtube channel in the world but you put your animations on there as like a series or something and maybe you make like a little bit of money a month and then that could help you free up your time to do that a bit more and then you could also work with your clients as well you know stuff like that i think if we just kind of you know it doesn't have to be like everyone's doing the same thing all the time we don't always have to be doing the same jobs we can do more stuff for ourselves we can do more stuff for our clients we can work with different clients we can work with different types of businesses you know I think that was just my point about you know we don't always have to be working for like the you know hot new animation studio or whatever yeah. like that's really cool but that's you know not how most people are doing you know, their jobs in this industry and I, I think it's exciting because I think it's slowly changing and morphing into other things and like you say we can't really speculate on what those things are going to be but that's why it's cool right i can see it like slowly happening like people coming up with different ideas and things like that and i just think it's really really awesome i think that we're in a transition where using patreon or others can can almost be a kickstart too um on episode um on an earlier episode i had dylan reeve who was co-director of tickled the tickled movie and that was with David yeah. Farrier, and that premiered at Sundance. But that whole project 
kicked off because of um, I've gone blank on the names. <laughs> it's the main one. <laughs> uh, Kickstarter. Kickstarter. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I got up early this morning to do this passion project of mine, <laughs> and and yeah, Hay- yeah. <laughs> and Haley is thank you staying up late because we're on opposite sides of the world. So both of our brains are a little frazzled <laughs> today. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, so Dylan with um, Tickled, the first phase of investigating and what they thought it would be, they um, got funding from Kickstarter, but then the story was much bigger than what they had got from that first um, filming session. And so then they actually got more funding. So it's almost like uh, crowdfunding that first initial step to then build that proof of concept of what the bigger product could be to get that funding there are real opportunities for us to think differently but it's about us thinking in a business sense that we're really not used to it's very easy for us to focus on becoming better artists learning the tools the software learning the business that's a real hard one I feel for us generally as an industry and so then by you having motion hatch podcast everybody talking about it everybody thinking everybody sharing that's got to be such a big thing for our industry moving forward. Again, thank you, Haley, for having that. Before I go into pro video picks, can I ask you one more question? Where did yeah, the Motion Hatch name come from? Where did that originate from? Oh, so no one's ever asked me this before, actually. That's, that's quite funny. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, um, well, basically, I was just kind of going through like a ton of names and I had a massive spreadsheet. Someone saw it once and they were like, oh, my God, <laughs> that spreadsheet's insane. Because it was just like, it, it was like a massive exploration and then things that were in like different columns and things like that. I don't know. I just went on for ages. And I think that's actually what stopped me from getting started on it for so long was like the name what's the name you know this is always a big problem you know when people are building studios or they're thinking about like naming themselves as like a freelancer or whatever um you know no everyone's like oh the name I can't come up with a name you know it's always a problem it's the biggest biggest thing so um I like kind of just wrote down loads of things that I liked and that I thought was relevant and I kind of um yeah, I was sort of just playing around with stuff. And obviously, like, lots of things are called motion something, right? But I think, like, the hatch part of it comes from, you know, it was sort of half of... It's, like, kind of two ideas in one, which maybe this isn't great. It's probably not great marketing. But I quite like the idea of, like, a hatchling, like, you're new in the industry or something like that. And not that motion hatch is just for new people, but I think it's quite cool that people seem to have took that on, like, the, like because I say like hello hatchlings on the podcast and stuff that they took on like calling themselves hatchlings and I think that's really (laughs) cool but it's like it's like you know like a newborn thing so it's like your business is like a new thing and motion hatch will sort of help you with that and then also I like the idea of that there was kind of like a place that you went for help so like a yeah. like a little hatch that you went to to get help Safety about business. Hatch. So it's kind of like a couple of ideas, <laughs> yeah. And then um, that's just kind of like how it came about. I mean, cool. like my first sort of tagline was like, hatching ideas for motion designers to do better business. And then I just dropped the hatching because then I was like, there's too much motion hatch and too much hatching going on and hatching everywhere you know so it would be like motion hatch hatching ideas to help better businesses and stuff so you know then I was like oh I can't say hatching all the time but like you know it that's kind of where what the idea is is like you're kind of 
you know, you're hatching ideas to help businesses and stuff like that. So, yeah, I, I've never really explained that before. So sorry if that was a bit rambly, but <laughs> no, it was just kind of like my, my in my mind and then it all just came together. And then I like had my uh, designer friend help me do the um, branding for it because I just I couldn't bear to do it because I was just too close to it. Yeah. and It would never have been done ever. So I was really, really appreciate him for like doing that and helping me out with that as well because otherwise it just wouldn't be a thing you know so like I I guess it's really important for me to say now is you know if I didn't have people like the guy who helped me design the branding my podcast editor people like that motion hatch wouldn't be around so you know you've got to think about who is kind of in your corner who are the people helping you with your business and like like you know just like even just having a bit of accountability with a friend or like having support from someone you know who you can just talk to and that's why I think the community is really awesome too because you know hopefully we're providing that friend that you need and that accountability to you know do better stuff in your business and you know be stronger and be more confident hopefully yeah yeah definitely um i want to have a shout out to one of the guys in my corner which is uh matt lloyd who does the show notes for pro video podcast thanks matt always really grateful for that um yeah it it was just getting a bit too much because i was trying to do everything um producing the show and you've yeah if you don't have a hand it can you get to that point where it's like well can i feasibly do this so asking for help is a good one, but I'm, I really, yeah, definitely. I really like your story about um, Motion Hatch name because I struggled so much trying to name this show. <laughs> I, yeah, I, it's like I wanted it to be for professionals, but I also had so many different areas of the industry I wanted to touch on, whether it be cinematography, um, lighting, three D, motion, VR, editing, color grade, you know, and directing so in the end I was like uh it's all it's all video at the end of the day <laughs> and but I think that the industry has sometimes a little bit of a um some areas can look down on the term video but I'm like uh, the content will speak for itself over time so it whatever the name is I think as long as there's good content that will bring it forward in the market yeah, I think, um, you know, I was sort of uh, Radiohead, like, you know, Radiohead, if you just heard that and they weren't a massive band, you'd be like, Radiohead, that sounds like a rubbish <laughs> name for a band. Yeah. So then that's what I always think of when I'm trying to name something. I'm like, it's fine because it will just take on its own Identity. life and yeah. people will accept it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally agree. And now it's time for the Pro Video Packs. So, Hayley, what would be your pro video pick for this week? I think this is a really tough question. I was, like, trying to think, like, hmm, what what can I say to this? I guess, like, things that I find really helpful are things that help me organize stuff because I have so much stuff to do at the moment. I just find it a bit crazy. So um, I've just put Asana as my pro video pick because it's a project management, like, app that kind of just helps you, you know, you can make lists in there or you can make little blocks and, you know, move things around and you can like assign other people to stuff, you know, if you're working with other people in a team or things like that. And I just find it really, really, really handy. And like, I just have kind of like a bin, like as in like, 
you know, I just drop stuff in there as I think of it. And then I'm like, it's okay. I know it's there. I go back to it. And then I organize it afterwards. Like yeah. I'll say, oh, that's part of my admin like section or that's like, like, so I've got one for motion hatch. I've got a motion hatch podcast schedule, like a uh, section. And then I have like a motion hatch resources section, you know, and it's really, really handy just to go back and look through all of those little bits and just kind of helps you focus a little bit. So I think that's quite handy. And also what is great is that it's free. So they have like a freemium model. I think that's how you say it. So you can like pay for extra stuff, but I just use the free version. I think it's really great. So I thought that would be quite a cool thing to shout out because, you know, everyone loves a free tool. Everyone certainly does. Great pick. Awesome pick. Um, It's interesting. The first time I heard about Asana, actually ties into my pick which is uh my pick is this week in photography podcast it's just come back with frederick van johnson and when i had a skype call with frederick a couple years ago and he was telling me about asana the reason i was talking to frederick was i was thinking about doing this show that you're listening to right now and was sort of picking his brains as a podcaster twip an amazing show it's just come back from a bit of a hiatus I love podcasting. I think that it's such a great medium and a reason why I've wanted you on the show, Hayley, so badly and other podcasters is that everybody out there listening, finding new shows that they enjoy, enjoying the medium means that they're going to turn to podcasts as their choice of entertainment more and more and more. So I think that there's so many reasons why people can listen to podcasts whether it's for learning or entertainment or for insights twip is one that gave me so much information when i was early on in my career about lighting and photography and that's where i feel that um, for my 3d that's where it really started to take hold where i was thinking about light and shadows in a photographer's mind and the same with filming and cinematography so Check out TWIP. It's a great show and really looking forward to the next 500 episodes. Seems pretty daunting, eh, Hayley? 500 episodes. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. I'm only on like 10 so far. So <laughs> it feels like I've been doing it forever. <laughs> inspirational video. What would be your inspirational video to share with everybody, Hayley? Uh, I was trying to think about this earlier and I just find it really, really hard. Um, I basically... Uh, just said this video by a company called nice and serious so they do stuff like you know they're focused on um you know people who are kind of doing companies that are having more of a positive impact on the world and things like that which is what i am really into so i was like have to say something by them because i i like their their whole company ethos and their brand is that they're kind of um, making videos and animations and stuff that are helping companies that are helping people or things like that so they have like a really cool animation that's called like WWF high conservation values and it's just about protecting the environment and local communities and talking about protecting landscapes and things like that just really really like an inspirational nice video so cool. I just thought I'd put that in there because it's probably like stuff that I don't think I think a few people might have heard of Nice and Serious, but I'm not sure everybody would have. So I thought um, I'd put them in there because I think that it's just really nice to see a company, you know, really concentrate on their values and what matters to them and kind of make videos, you know, about that with other companies. 
awesome. that kind of share their values. That's so cool. I'll have the link for that. Thank you, Matt Lloyd, for putting all the links in. So everybody out there, the links will be in the show notes as well as details about our conversation today. And you can find all of that on uh, the website as well if your podcaster of choice doesn't have display show notes. So that's at worldpodcasts.com or provideopodcast.com. My inspirational video is Vikings. Um, I really love this. It's from the History Channel. Um, I really love the cinematography, the lighting. Really, um, the editing is something that I've really been focused on in season five as it's rolling out. Just the fight scenes, especially uh, how the cuts are used to really enhance the energy and the violence, really. Um, Yeah. But check out Vikings. I think it's a great show and I love a bit of history. Okay, moving on. Hayley, who are you following online? Well, this kind of ties into what you were saying earlier. I, I didn't know like following online. I was like, maybe I've done this wrong. But I was saying I was saying another podcast because I really like listening to podcasts. So I guess I'm following the Art of Charm podcast. Because it's really good. that The Art of Charm podcast, they basically talk about um you know things like body language like nonverbal communication they have people like incredible people on like there was a episode recently where this like uh woman from the CIA who was like working in Iraq was telling her, the host like how you know she went about interviewing people over there and like to help the CIA get intelligence and stuff and it was just a re- all about the psychology of that kind of thing and they just ha- have so much different stuff on there and it's really diverse but it's all about communication and stuff like that so I think that would be really cool you know for people to explore and it's just I find it it's like one fascinating and two useful so that's why I recommend it it's awesome no it's a really cool pick and I'm gonna dive into that one as well um I'm following Red Shark News um this episode is probably going to be a good month after we've recorded it, Hayley, but um, CES has just um, finished up, so I've been following a lot of the announcements about um, the gear coming out, and a site that I think really has great articles about camera gear, especially is Red Shark News, and yeah, I'm interested to try out the Panasonic um, GH5S. It looks like a really good camera that's been developed for um, cinematography. A little bit of confusion there for because the sensor size is smaller, the pixel resolution is smaller, but the reason for that is it's aimed at uh, filming and not photography. But the low light capabilities of that looks awesome. So yeah, I'm getting all my news from Red Shark, so you should too. Um, and finally, Haley, where can everybody follow you? Where's the best place for them to connect online with you? So probably the best places are like on Twitter. I'm at Haley Akins and at Motion Hatch as well. And then you can also go to motionhatch.com and over there you can kind of sign up for our free Facebook community and then I, I can send you a link to that if you want to do that that's awesome because we'd love to have you in there and like chat about all the business side of stuff so that would be really cool and then I also have my like personal work website is just hayleyakins.com and then it, on Instagram it's at hayleyakins at motion hatch as well so yeah awesome across all the social medias love it 
Yeah, all, all of them. Just search for Hayley Aikens on Motion Hatch and you'll find me everywhere. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> I joined the Motion Hatch Facebook group quite early on. Um, yeah, so I've been a member for quite some time now and really enjoyed the community that you've helped build and create. It's awesome in there. Yeah, yeah, it's going really well and I'm just excited to see even more people get in there and trying to think of ways to, you know, help them more and, um, you know, provide more resources and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's really exciting. Awesome. Everybody, you can find me at Blair Walker on Twitter, also Pro Video Podcasts on Twitter and Slack and Facebook. We have a group. Um, if you want to join the Slack, there's a link off provideopodcast.com slash slack slack's been a big one for us as part of developing the community environment i like it because i'm switching between um grayscale gorilla and brograph slack as well as the motion design slack but the facebook group there's some real engagement happening in there as well so love you to join the pro video podcast group and yeah, I'm putting a lot of different information, resources, training, and just as much content that I think is going to be valuable across all the different fields of cinematography, 3D, VR, whatever's hot at the time, whatever I think that you might get some insight from, I'm going to be putting it into all those different groups. So jump in there. And if you've enjoyed this show, please, please share it out to your social medias. And rate, review, subscribe. The normal podcasting things. <laughs> Everybody asks for it. There's a reason. iTunes and Apple. So if you could, that'd be amazing. But thank you all so much for listening. And thank you so much, Haley, for being on the show. Really appreciate you being on today. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on. It was great. Awesome. Okay, everyone, have a great week. And we'll catch you next time. Bye. Join the conversation on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Pro Video Podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and leave a review on iTunes.